0: I remember the night at a dorm room in Baylor when I discovered that Jesus was my friend. I knew him in my head. I'd heard about Jesus, but it was through the intellectual battles of a college experience that I discovered him As a friend. So when I say, Oh, what a friend I found, I can sing that from the bottom of my heart. Reorganizing my life, my worldview, how I perceive myself and others around the friend who is intellectually and relationally the most powerful center post for any life that you can find. Because he is the truth. Amen? He is the truth. I call you my friends, he said. Not just servants, but friends. Because I tell you everything. Jesus had some friends in Scripture. In John 11, as we continue looking at the theme, Live Like You're Dying, and today talking about the theme, People get sick. John 11, verse 1, says, Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. John's going to tell us that story in just a little bit in the book of John. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, It is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Then he said to his disciples, Let us go back to Judea. They're in Samaria, uh, in Galilee safe in Galilee Judea that's another story but rabbi they said a short while ago the Jews tried to stone you and yet you're going back there Jesus answered are there not 12 hours of daylight A man who walks by day will not stumble for he sees by this world's light it is when he walks by night that he stumbles for he has no light After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, and I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake I'm glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Then Thomas, called Didymus, always cheerful and positive, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go that we may die with him. So they go. Verse 21, Jesus arrives and Martha comes out. Lord, Martha said to Mary, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. These are the facts. Jesus loves Lazarus. He loves Lazarus. In that little bitty verse, Jesus wept. The crowd responds by saying, behold how he loved him. He loved Lazarus. John the Beloved tells us about this love. He not only loves Lazarus, he loves Mary and Martha. John tells us that too. Now Jesus loved Mary and her sister and Lazarus. There is no lack of love here. Jesus loves them. They are special people to him. And when he goes to Jerusalem... He goes to Bethany. He retreats to Bethany. When the crowds get angry or he gets tired, he goes to Bethany. He stays with them. There is no question about the love of Jesus for Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. Lazarus gets sick John introduces this by saying, Now, there was a man, Lazarus, who was sick. People get sick. Paul got sick. Epaphroditus got sick. In Philippians chapter 2, Paul writes to the Philippians and says, Indeed, he, that's Epaphroditus, was ill and almost died, but God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Epaphroditus almost died. In the Bible, people get sick. The facts are, Jesus loves Lazarus, And Lazarus gets sick. And Martha and Mary call for Jesus. I don't want you to miss that. They know what to do when somebody gets sick. You call for Jesus. I mean, that was ingrained in me when I was a boy. If something happened in our family, if sickness came to our family, my dad hit his knees, held on to the sick person, and prayed for him. I remember as a 16-year-old boy being there when my little sister fell off a horse and broke her arm. She had a compound fracture. I could see it. I'd never seen it before, and as a boy, I could tell that bone's broken and it's just about to come out of the bone, out of the skin. And so I grabbed her arm and sat in the back seat of that car, and while we were driving to the hospital. I called a whole car to prayer. As a 16-year-old boy, I had learned enough about calling on Jesus when something bad happens that I did that in the presence of whoever was in that car. You ought to remember that, Dad. It's a really excellent time. As my father did, to communicate your dependence upon, your belief in, your faith in the Lord Jesus. When somebody gets sick, pray for Husband, why don't you voice that prayer? Why don't you make those words come out of your mouth? Mary and Martha, they didn't have to have fancy phrases. They just called for Jesus. Jesus didn't come, but death did. That's the fourth fact. The facts are, Jesus loved Lazarus. Lazarus got sick. They called for Jesus, and Lazarus died. This whole passage is about death, not just the death of Lazarus. I poked a little fun at Thomas. The brother right under me is named Thomas, so I've been poking fun at Thomas my whole life. But here's Thomas, typical Thomas. Let's go to so that we can die with him. They're not so much going to see Lazarus. They're not so much going to visit with Mary and Martha as they are, just going with Jesus so they can die with him. What a negative view of the world for Thomas, huh? You know he's right. You know that, right? Jesus Jesus died on this Jerusalem trip. They caught him. They arrested him. They flogged him, they beat him, they nailed him to a cross and he died. This story is not just about Lazarus dying. This is about Jesus turning his face to Jerusalem and going there knowing he's going to die. And next week, I'm going to talk to you about the necessity of the death of Christ upon the cross. That's next week. They called for Jesus. He responded by saying no. It's not like he didn't give an answer. He said no, not yet. These are the facts. This is the supposition. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. These are the first words of Martha to Jesus. Mary utters them exactly in the same way. Mary and Martha both say to Jesus, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. Have you ever uttered an if to God. God, if you'd have just done something. God, why didn't you do something? He was sick. We prayed for him. If you had been here, it's as if somehow the question implies that the death of Lazarus was Jesus' fault. Because he delayed, because he didn't come, because he wasn't there. And your heart automatically goes there when somebody you love is sick and somebody you love dies. Your heart just automatically goes there. If if you're walking with Jesus and you're seeking to follow him, it just, you just immediately say, Lord, why this? Why now? Why him? Why her? Why didn't you do something? Mary and Martha believe in the power of Jesus to heal Lazarus, don't they? Just like we believe in the power of God to heal anybody that's ill. God has the power to do it. Amen? I remember a five-year-old boy who contracted leukemia in the church where I was pastor as a young adult. When we found out he was sick, we put him at the front. And the entire congregation prayed for him and a medical doctor put his hands on that boy's shoulder and prayed for him. And that little boy is alive to this day. 30 years later. Somehow as it unfolded, another five-year-old boy got leukemia in that small congregation. And we did the same thing. We rallied the congregation. We prayed for him. We went to the hospital bed. We we stood around that bed. We held hands. We prayed for Kenneth. And Kenneth died. say, well, there are probably medical explanations for why one died and one didn't. Maybe so. People get sick and die our bodies are already in the process of decay that's why we need hearing aids and glasses and canes why we have to go to the dentist to have our teeth fixed in fact Paul says the whole creation is in bondage to decay that's just how it is we saw last week in the day you eat thereof you will surely die that's what God said to Adam and Eve and the process of decay sickness and death began now the future is clear Martha says, if you'd been here, he wouldn't have died. But, I know that he will rise again on the last day. See, the future is, there's a great resurrection coming. And Martha and Mary, they believe that Lazarus is not forever gone. There's going to be a resurrection one day. They believe in the resurrection. And that is a glorious truth, is it not the future isn't. is not Lazarus going to be in heaven. He's going to be in the presence of God. That's his permanent address. <laughs> this world is not my home. We just sang it. I belong in the Father's house. They, they believe it. And it is a glorious truth. It is a wonderful truth. And God has drawn everybody in the room toward that truth. You say, no, I want what Lazarus got. I wanted to come out of that grave like Lazarus did. Four days he was dead and he walked out of that grave tied hand and foot in grave clothes. And Jesus said, loose him and let him go. And they took those grave clothes off and Lazarus was back on the planet breathing and walking around. And one day, that mortal body, that decaying body that he was still in, laid down again maybe sick and probably his sisters tended him in his last days as he breathed his last and again he expired and they washed his body again and they packed him in herbs and they wrapped up the dead body of their brother the second time and the friends that buried him the first time picked him up and carried him back into that same tomb where they laid him before. When I was in the Holy Land, I saw a sprawling cemetery that puts this one in a shadow. It's the cemetery on the Mount of Olives between Jerusalem and Bethany. They bury the prophets here. This cemetery is 3,000 years old at least. Thousands and thousands of people are buried in these tombs between the Mount of Olives and the old city of Jerusalem when I looked at them I thought I wonder if one of these was where they laid Lazarus I wonder Lazarus like the widow's son and the centurion's daughter did not receive his glorified body yet. He came back into a body that was subject to decay and he died again. We want God to answer all our prayers. We want him to heal all the sick. And sometimes God says, no. There's a country and Western singer that has a song about thank God for unanswered prayers. That his prayers were God said, no instead of yes. Because sometimes I don't know how to pray as I ought to pray. I have limited understanding and I don't see the world properly. I'm filled with emotion and not with knowledge, and I make prayers, and I'm glad in retrospect that God didn't say yes to that prayer that I prayed. But he who knows. Power and mind of God, the Holy Spirit, He prays for us. With what the Bible calls groanings that cannot be uttered, you can't put them into words. God cares for us and He prays for us and He brings petitions before the Father. And we have to walk in sickness trusting God We've got to trust God. We can't quit trusting Him. When sickness comes, you can mark it down. You can make a note. You can put it in your mind. One day, if not already, somebody you love desperately is going to die. They're going to get sick and they're going to die. And you need to trust God in that moment. And you may be able to say in that moment, I know that God could have healed them, but He didn't. And I trust God in that. And it's all I can do. You will not unravel the great mysteries of the universe when you yourself have somebody you love that gets sick and die. What you will discover is that you must cast yourself upon the God who made you and cares about you and watches over you with tender care. And believe that even in this moment of sorrow and pain, He is present. You don't ever have to say, if God, you were there, if you'd been there in that ICU, if you'd been there in that emergency room, my loved one would have survived, if you'd been there, because God's there, amen? He's always with us. The psalmist knew this. He said he he is with us in our illness and he he restores us and he stands by our bed and he keeps us, he said, from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet. He watches over us like, like the nurse caring for us when we are ill. He is present when we are sick, when we have fever, when our heart stops beating and when we die. God hasn't departed. This is a truth to internalize and believe going to need it if you've never been there you will be one day and you're going to need to know in this moment I must trust the Lord more than ever now here's the point the point is this Jesus did this so that they would believe in him I mean, there is a discussion going on in Israel about the resurrection. The rabbis are having their, their duels about the resurrection, and, and Martha and Mary believe in the resurrection, but that's not really the point that Jesus wants to get across as he raises Lazarus from that tomb. It's not so much about the resurrection. Mary and Martha believe in God with all their hearts. But even belief in God is not so much the point, okay? The point is this believe in Jesus, God's Son and our Savior. That's the point at Lazarus' tomb. The point is who is this man who calls a dead man out of the grave and he comes forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes? Who is this man? And if you give the answer in faith, you prepare yourself for the next step of your life on the planet and for an eternity with God. The point is to believe in Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's not about Lazarus and how good he is or how he ought to be healed or why he didn't need to die. It's not even about the grief and pain and sorrow of Mary and Martha who will in all probability one day again experience this same. The little verse Jesus wept, I've thought about often. He experienced the sorrow and grief beside that tomb. And he knew that Lazarus was going to have to go through this awful process of dying again. And Mary and Martha were going to shed their tears of grief and sorrow. And Jesus wept in a world full of griefs and trouble. You know what the end is? When God sends fire on the planet. And it all melts with heat. And all the bones and artifacts and fossils dissolve in the heat of God's fire. And a new heaven and a new earth is brought to bear where there is no sorrow, pain, or death. This is the future. This is the point. And this is the result. God's glory. Lazarus got sick and died and we delayed so that God could get his glory and glorify his son. All right. God can get glory through the illness that comes upon you. Through you, as you minister to somebody in an ICU or a hospital room, God can get glory. He can get glory in the healing, and He can even get glory in how we handle death. And the goal ought to be, Lord... At this time in my family's life, when we are experiencing the sorrow and loss, God, would you so give your grace that we can glorify you and exalt you and people can see that there's a gracious God in heaven who watches over us, no matter the outcome. Whether it's life or death, Lord, be glorified. In this instance, God received glory as Lazarus came out of that tomb. But Paul prayed three times in 2 Corinthians 12. He said, three times I besought the Lord to remove this thorn out of my flesh, this messenger of Satan that was sent to buffet me. And God said, my grace is sufficient for you. Say that with me. My grace is... Is sufficient for you one more time my grace is sufficient for you no matter where you are hospital emergency room funeral home my grace is sufficient for you my strength is made perfect in weakness somehow In the middle of the decay and the trouble and the sorrow and the grief and the sickness and the loss, somehow God magnifies himself and his strength through us in the trouble, in our infirmity. Even those things that come upon us that we wish they hadn't, somehow God uses them. My strength is made perfect in weakness, God said to Paul. And then Paul responded most gladly, therefore... Will I glory in my infirmity that the power of Christ may rest upon me? The power of Christ connected to how you handle the infirmity that comes upon you and your loved one. How you respond, what you say, how you act, how you pray. God gets the glory. Brothers and sisters, You have family members for whom you pray. You want them to know Christ, the Savior. You want God to rescue them. When the trouble comes, when the sorrow comes, when the sickness comes, you have an opportunity to exemplify the Lord Jesus in a powerful and wonderful way. How you respond in the trouble, God uses that with the people that you love and who love you what's come upon your life what sorrow do you face what grief do you bear could you say with Paul Lord help me glory Even in my trouble, trusting you so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Bow with me, please. I know this is not an easy word, I feel it myself the difficulty of trusting God with those we dearly love when they are ill. I know the panic and the loss but I know too that beyond all things that happen in the flesh in the here and now in the sickness and trouble is the God who draws us to a future with him. It's the Father's house we're headed toward. It's a new body that suffers no pain or trouble. It's presence around the banquet hall in heaven. That's what Jesus promises us. Would you cast your care on him knowing that he cares for you? Lord, I pray for those in this room who are struggling to trust you when things have come so undone and life is such a mess and there seems no way out and the darkness feels like a blanket. God, I pray that you would lend the strength and light of your spirit to the most troubled among us and draw them to yourself God that we might trust you in the deepest valley as well as on the mountaintop and know that you are present when we are weak not just when we are strong Holy Spirit, do your work in us, even now. In Jesus' name, amen.